0: From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis and the Mississippi Delta for more than
1: 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation and Memphis Tourism.
0: Hi, I'm your co host, Pat
1: Mitchell And I'm Kevin Cubbins.
0: This week on Bill Street Caravan, we feature activists theologian, filmmaker, and musician, the one and only Reverend Seku.
1: Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis will also be with us to deliver an installment of the Blues Hall of Fame, an exploration of the lives of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame here in Memphis, Tennessee. It's brought to you by the Blues Foundation.
0: That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan.
1: Hey, Pat. Hey, Kevin. We've got Reverend Seku with us this week, and I'm just going to come out and say it, this performance is electrifying. Audience, turn up your radio and buckle up. And performing
0: with Seku this week, we have the Tennessee Mass Choir.
1: All of this was recorded in Midtown Memphis on a stage that barely holds five musicians comfortably. <laughs> the choir was spilling out into the audience. It was truly a remarkable show, and Reverend Seiku is truly a remarkable artist.
0: Osagifo Seku was raised in the Mississippi Delta,
1: not far from here, but on the west side of the river in Arkansas. He received his calling to the ministry at the extraordinarily young age of 15.
0: Reverend Sekou's story is not so much one of music, as much as it is one of black activism. The music is really a byproduct, an extension of his ministry. His life is a synthesis of ministry, organizing, and activism. He joined the struggle at a very young age and has emerged as one of the leading figures in nonviolent civil resistance.
1: Reverend Sekou has been a boots-on-the-ground organizer at many of the defining moments of our modern, turbulent times, including in Ferguson, Missouri, and in Charlottesville, Virginia.
0: But this week on our program, Reverend Sekou lets his music do the talking. Music may be the Reverend's most powerful tool for reaching others, and the performance you're about to hear marks the release of new material. It's a live album entitled, When We Fight, We Win, Live
1: in Memphis, recorded right here in Memphis at the Levitt Shell. Here is Reverend Seku and the Freedom Fighters featuring the Tennessee Mass Choir live on Beale Street Caravan.
2: Like this band, Wolf, why don't you baptize him for me, baby?
1: That was Reverend Seku and the Freedom Fighters featuring the Tennessee Mass Choir, live on Beale Street Caravan. We'll be back with more music in just a bit.
0: Up next, Grammy-nominated bluesman Guy Davis takes us through the life histories of the pioneers and innovators enshrined in the Blues Hall of Fame. This segment is brought to you by the Blues Foundation and is also available as a standalone podcast through iTunes.
3: They called him the Brinkley Flash, after his hometown in Arkansas. That was him streaking through the sky from Houston to Little Rock and New Orleans to Chicago back during the early months of World War II. He set the night on fire. That's how it looked, anyway. Really, Louis Jordan was a roughed-up showbiz veteran pushing 40. His slick lavender suit covered up a back brace that kept Louis from collapsing on stage over his torn stomach muscles. Five years earlier, found Louis Jordan about to start the smallest big band of all time. He just didn't know it yet. For the moment, Louis still played alto sax in the Chick Webb Orchestra. The leader was a dwarf with an ill temper and chronic tuberculosis. Louis knew this gig couldn't last forever, and he planned his way out. He figured everybody else in the band saw Chick's time drawing near. They'd jump at the chance to join his new Louis Jordan big band. He hoped. Chick Webb spent too much time in the hospital to know about Louis's little mutiny until it happened. He hoped. Louis' sudden surge in ambition was half Chick's fault anyway. Chick let Louis take vocals on a few numbers. Those turns at the microphone changed Louis. He found himself in the spotlight for the first time and instantly developed a strong preference for its glorious luminescence over the shadows of the reed section. He needed to be there. Chick really just wanted to rest his star attraction, the band's female lead singer. He had no intention of boosting Louis Jordan's career. Louis had a little thing going with the lady vocalist, and that's where he took the first big step of his plan. He bought her a gift and headed for her hotel room to pop the question. You want to run off together with my orchestra? After she signed on, everybody else would fall right in line, he hoped. Louis had a sweet, warm voice, like peach brandy. Something about him glowed, his eyes, his hair, his smile. He got to the singer's room and knock-knocked his way in. She was younger and every bit as radiant as Louie. She pretty well carried the Chick Webb group. She knew it, too. Her name was Ella Fitzgerald. She opened the door to Louie Jordan's beaming face, his honey-mellow voice saying, Brought you this. She saw Louie holding a manicure set. She had no interest in it, but he dropped his gift in her hand. I don't want your toenail clippers, Ella said, and tossed it back at Louie. She had already moved on to gemstones and fur. Louis stepped toward her, but she smacked him right across his face and closed the door with him outside it. Scram, baby, come on and knock me a kiss. Louie arrived at the theater for the show that night with Ella's slap still stinging his cheek. They were playing the RKO in Boston. Not only was Chick Webb out of the hospital, to Louis's surprise, but there he stood in his white tux, all four foot two of him, tapping his baton on the dressing room floor. Louis hadn't foreseen this any more than he expected to see Jefferson, the dude he replaced in Chick's band, standing right there too. Chick's illness subtracted nothing from his orneriness. The little man really didn't need to say a word, but he spoke anyway. You're fired. Louis tried to protest, and Chick cut him down. You're getting off easy. I should drown you. So Louis's plan crashed and sunk. He had no job. For his new orchestra, he had no bookings, no financial backing, no bandleading experience. Of course, the lack of bandleading experience didn't really count against him. He had no band. It was the sort of failure dreams are made from. I wonder could I depend on you, baby? How about that? Back in his Harlem flat, Louis scraped together the pieces of his career. He had the radio on. He heard Ella singing, a tisket, a tasket. It sounded too good for words. Louis asked himself, what kind of country fool tries to win Ella Fitzgerald with some nail clippers? Was he trying to tell her she needs grooming? Louis just started laughing. He tried to give this woman nail clippers. He laughed so hard, his hernia split with pain. He had to embrace the situation. He had to embrace himself. He was a country fool trying to be city cool. And it dawned on him, there had to be a few hundred thousand more of those across Harlem who'd relate. This became the basis of Louis's formula. It fueled the persona he'd bring to the stage and jukebox with songs like Salt Park, West Virginia, Ain't Nobody Here But Us Chickens, Beans and Cornbread.
2: Beans and cornbread had a fight. Beans, Beans, not cornbread, out of sight. Cornbread said, now that's all right.
3: Before dawn, his wife brought home 20 bucks from dancing in the cabarets. She heard that the Elks' rendezvous had a search going for a new band. With his severance from Chick, Louis could rent five uniforms. If he could only afford five pieces, that's what his band was going to be, the world's smallest big band. The Elk's Rendezvous glimpsed the future of showbiz in his dynamic performances. He choreographed dance steps and pantomime for each number. He could sing straight out of a sax solo on the same breath while kicking high like he's on a chorus line. He wrote dazzlingly clever lyrics about down-home life, making fun of everyone's put-on sophistication, along with his own. I'm the Brinkley Flash, he'd say. Brinkley plus Flash. The man who wooed Ella Fitzgerald with toenail clippers, he might have added. His worst maneuver became the very core of his identity. Folks were about to go crazy for him. They just didn't know it yet. Louis knew he was good, but the complete bedroom he saw on his first tour caught him unprepared. From the stage in Houston, he watched intense jubilation explode through the audience. Louis Jordan and his Tempany Five spun and kicked their way through a high-voltage set. Black couples, white couples, and Mexican couples stormed the dance floor, twirling and swinging, mixing so fast he couldn't tell color anymore. Louis loved it. The manager thought he had a riot on his hands, though. He saw all these mixed groups toasting each other and thought they were about to start smashing beer bottles. He had no choice but to close the dance floor. Louis gained such wide popularity and power over the next few years, he would demand unsegregated seating and dancing for his shows. Any promoter who wanted to make a withdrawal from this cash machine would abide. Three nights from Houston in New Orleans, Louis's show at the Rhythm Club looked like a cross between a wild drunken orgy and a Wild West ballroom brawl. Fans' response to Louis on the Road forecast a chain of hit records, G.I. Jive, and the crossover smash Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby, which made the top three in pop, R&B, and country western sales. Is you is or is you ain't my baby. His most distinctive numbers drew from the small-town kid poorly comprehending city life like the time he fell in love with the drag queen and didn't know it. His energy and brilliance had no limit. Of the 12 singles Louis released in 1946, none charted lower than number three. Fans loved the new style. The small band sounded like a revolution after decades of big band music. The Brinkley Flash hit the entertainment world like a big bang. The universe before Louis, where big bands ruled, gave way to the universe after Louis of superstar personalities. Critics came along much later to label Louis a novelty, but the real geniuses of American music know the truth. Louis was an original. Chuck Berry, Fats Domino, B.B. King, James Brown, and Ray Charles go back to one place. They all could tell you where they were the first time they saw Louis Jordan. They all knew from that moment what they wanted to be. And, of course, the format Louis Jordan developed, a lead singer with a four-piece band, was emulated thousands of times in rock and roll after he made it popular. But no matter how bright the Brinkley flash shined, he never forgot that slap across the face. Though Chick Webb didn't survive to see Louis conquer, the flash did reunite with his old flame, from the big band days.
2: Each time I hold somebody new, my arms grow cold, aching for you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, brought to you by the Blues Foundation. The Blues Hall of Fame podcast is produced by Bill Street Caravan for the Blues Foundation. Written by Preston Lauterbach and voiced by Guy Davis. For more information on the Blues Foundation, go to blues.org. Caravan has been bringing the sounds of Memphis to public radio airwaves for more than 20 years. And now, you can see what we've been talking about. Check out our series of digital shorts through our website or go to to iListenTomemphis.com.
1: I Listen to Memphis is about Memphis music today. The musicians who make it and the places and culture that fuel it. Again, it's iListenToMemphis.com. AutoZone is
0: proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater
1: Memphis community. Parks are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards for Memphis Tourism, Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back and for those of you just tuning in, we're featuring Reverend Sekou and the Freedom Fighters, featuring the Tennessee Mass Choir.
0: We caught up with Reverend Sekou at Rail Garden in Midtown Memphis. It's not a huge room or anything, and when the Reverend mentioned that he was bringing the Tennessee Mass Choir to perform with his band, we really didn't know what to expect.
1: I honestly thought it implied he'd have, like, a few members, maybe four (laughs) or five up on stage, but no, he meant it. He had the entire choir, and they spilled out into the audience. It was incredible.
0: They came in mass? Yes. (laughs) The energy was just amazing. Reverend Sekou and the Freedom Fighters are marking the release of their new record, When We Fight, We Win, live in Memphis.
1: Like the title suggests, it's a live album recorded right here in Memphis at the Levitt Shell.
0: Sekou also has studio efforts that our listeners should check out.
1: 2016's The Revolution Has Come.
0: And 2017's In Times Like These. For this record, Sekou went back to his southern home in the Mississippi Delta, searching for his family's musical roots in the deep Arkansas blues and gospel traditions. The album was produced by Luther Dickinson and features the North Mississippi All-Stars and Reverend Charles Hodges of the High Rhythm Section throughout
1: it's an amazing lesson top to bottom
0: we're gonna get back to the music now but before the show is out Bill Street Caravan newcomer Jared Boyd sits down with Reverend Seku for a very insightful talk about his ministry
1: and music here's more from Reverend Sekou and the Freedom Fighters featuring the Tennessee Mass choir live on Bill Street Caravan.
2: trouble in the land, babies in cages at the border, and we got a monster in the White House. But that's all right, because we just got one question for you tonight. Do no, you Say, neighbor!
4: I'm here at the Rail Garden with Brother Seku How you doing today, brother?
5: It is good to be here. Good to be here.
4: Welcome back home. This is home for you, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, When we actually, the record we released uh, on March 1st was recorded July 6th at the Levitt Shell. And after that show, I was like, I'm moving back home. You know, I was raised about 45 minutes from here in a place called Zen, Arkansas, about 11 houses and 35 people. And so... You know, I love the community here, the organizers here. Got a strong Black Lives Matters chapter. You, uh, of course, the Mid-South Peace and Justice Center, who's been doing some long distance runners, my dear friends, uh, the interfaith organization. Uh, and I have great friends uh, here, and so I decided that this was going to be home.
4: What do you feel about Memphis as an outpost uh, for that story in civil rights history and also hopefully uh, civil rights future?
5: <clears throat> well, for me, you know, Memphis, it all came from here, right? Memphis is essentially the capital of the Mississippi Delta. And so, you know, the regional world that I'm from uh, produced Rosetta Thar, Louis Jordan, Albert King, and then you go to Mississippi and the list is endless. Memphis' soul, you know, on the live record, the great Charles Hodges is playing, and I've written a couple songs with him. And so the musical tradition in terms of soul music, Americana, all has its roots here. And then, at the same time, Memphis is the largest concentration of poor black people in the United States uh, as an urban center, and so there's a lot of work to be done. And so a number of organizers are among those who are keeping a lot of the best of the black Prophetic tradition of religion that left wing of religion that begins with the revolutionary idea that black people are human And that's a revolutionary notion in the
4: American Empire and so it's a rich time to be in Memphis now Tell me a bit more about Zent, Arkansas and how much of this Memphis tradition sort of trickles down that way so I was raised by my grandmother and her friends and my grandfather
5: Uh, who was an elder in the Church of God in Christ. And it's actually the trickle is the other way, that the rural spaces around Memphis fed it. Both people seeking work and labor, folks trying to get access to hopefully better jobs and that kind of thing who came here looking for a better life and trying to escape at some level some of the terror of the South. And so Memphis became a hub for them. And then, when you think about the ways in which my own life is shaped, my cousin Houston Cobb helped found the Arkansas chapter of SNCC. My grandfather, Richard Broselman, played with Louis Jordan and BB King and Albert King on the Chitlin circuit. My grandfather, James Thomas, preached in churches that Rosetta Thar played in, and so It was part of the milieu of which I was raised in. And then of course, you know, I went to college and got more politicized, but everything I am comes from that little old place.
4: Well, it sounds like from what you're telling me and from what I know of you, uh, you're sort of standing between this balance of black life that on one end you have the Duke joint, on the other end you have the church. The
5: separation, if you will, between the church and the juke joint is actually an artificial separation. right? That's not how poor people live their lives. The same people who go to juke joints are the same people who go to church on Sunday mornings. And that flow between the church and the juke joint has always been, been there, from Thomas Dorsey who wrote Precious Lord, which originally was rejected from the church because they thought it would sound too much like the blues, right? And now Precious Lord is a staple of music. And so people just don't live their lives that way. As a grandchild of an elder in the Church of God and Christ, I spent seven days a week in the church. And then as the nephew of uh, uncle McKinley who ran a gambling house, I spent eight days a week in the gambling house. I mean, the both of them were interesting. What I saw is black people being free in both of those spaces, right? You know, when I'm in Memphis, of course, I spend a lot of time at Big S's Grill or um, find another juke joint to go in and hang out in. And so the music tradition is still rich, still thick in all of those places. And then, you know, Wild Bills, of course, where they're still playing music every, you know, most nights of the week and working class people in their uniforms trying to get free.
4: Tell me a bit about how all those different themes come out of you, come out of your music, come out of this moment that you're living in.
5: You know, man, what's in me is just in me. I'm a child of SNCC. Uh, I was named by Stokely Carmichael. I spent a lot of time with Kwame Touré, and, and I was trained at the Highlander Center, uh, which is headed by a wonderful black woman named Ashley Henderson now. And so I come out of a particular musical tradition that has just shaped me in a deep way.
4: The new record is coming out. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, it's out now. Yes, It's yes. out now. When we fight, we, we win, yes. correct?
5: Yes, yes. Taking this title from a book called When We Fight, We Win, which tells the story of uh, resistance movements around the country. And it's a Memphis record.
4: Absolutely. It's real. a
5: celebration of Memphis music. It was recorded at the Levitt Shell, And it's a celebration of Memphis music and all of those rich things that we just talked about.
4: What made that night special?
5: Well, one, it was in Memphis. It was 1,500 folks uh, sitting on that lawn. Micah, the organizers, threw a party for me afterwards. I saw people I knew from when I was a little boy to organizers that I've trained. So it was quite powerful moving for me that night, and those musicians came to play.
4: What can we expect tonight?
5: Uh, we're blessed to have the Tennessee Mass Choir with us, and we're just going to have a little church and a little juke joint all mixed up together.
4: How'd you get uh, locked in with the Tennessee Mass Choir? How'd that come about?
5: I was commissioned to do a song for Topic Magazine called Mississippi based on images from the WPA. I had actually done the background vocals myself and I didn't like them. So I called Kevin Houston uh, and said, hey, uh, I want a choir. And he got me the Tennessee Mass Choir and we've been locked in ever since. And I'm just really honored to be playing with them.
4: Well, I'm honored to be here with you. Congratulations to you once again. Thank you. Thank you, dear brother. Reverend Seiku, be blessed, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. you.
2: So I got my hands up so no shoot. I got my hands up I got my head up on my head, so please don't shoot me dead. I got my hands up on my head, so please don't shoot me there, I got my hands up on my head, so please don't shoot me there, I got my hands up on my head, so please don't shoot me there, I got my hands up on my head, so please don't shoot me there I got my hands up on my Please don't shoot me dead. I got my hands up on my head. So please don't shoot me dead. I got my hands up on my head. So please don't shoot me dead. I got my hands up on my head. So please don't shoot me dead. I got my hands up on my head. So please don't shoot me dead. I got my hands up on my head. So please don't shoot me dead. I got my hands up on my head. So
0: was Reverend Seku and the Freedom Fighters, featuring the Tennessee Mass Choir, live on Bill Street Caravan.
1: You can find out more about Reverend Sekou by visiting reverendseikou.com.
0: Check it out, you can find his extensive biography, links to his music, links to
1: his writings. And be sure to check out his tour dates. This is a live show you don't wanna miss, and he may be coming to a venue near you soon.
0: Special thanks to our supporters. AutoZone, Memphis Tourism, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, and Tennessee Tourism for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible.
1: We'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public radio. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. We want to
0: remind our listeners you can find Bill Street Caravan on all social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music?
1: Tell us why and use hashtag I Listen to Memphis. Go to our website at BillstreetCaravan.com. And sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next.
0: And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We'll be back next week. So until then, I'm Pat Mitchell Worley.
1: And I'm Kevin Cubbins.
0: You've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan.